So in a couple days, we have UFC 202, which is a much-anticipated fight card. Um, questionably, it's the fight that the people wanted. I don't necessarily think that the Nate Diaz-Conor McGregor rematch is uh, a popular... Uh, I, don't think the, I don't think the public was necessarily calling for that one. I think that Conor McGregor wanted it, and the UFC acquiesced once again to his uh, wishes. But... Um, Anyway, I'm back here with Andrew Hernandez, and uh, it's been a minute since we, you and I have uh, been, you know, been in touch. Just uh, both of us leading busy lives, and uh, we're using the magic of FaceTime to connect and uh, shorten the miles that are between us right now. So, so before we yeah, get- man, I'm excited about this. Uh, sorry about that. No, that's all right. I just want to say that as I wasn't excited about this at first, I was like, this is total bullshit. McGregor's calling the shots. He wants to have a rematch. He wants to try to avenge this. But the buildup to it, I'm like, I really am excited at the prospect of Nate Diaz winning again. I just wanted to throw that in there. I I didn't really pay attention to anything up until today because uh, I generally don't like listening to McGregor and – I kind of stopped reading about him. Um, there's just other fighters that I find more compelling. And, uh, but today was the press conference, which we'll get into, which I did watch. And then I watched a couple of those uh, vlog entries that they usually do the, on Fight Week. And that stuff kind of piqued my interest in this whole thing. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. There's like a bunch of, a bunch of cool stuff to talk about. But uh, before we get into 202, there's a couple of uh, notable things that have gone on in the world of MMA. Uh, number one, Tyron Woodley defeating Robbie Lawler, man. Do you see that fight? That sucked. Yeah. Do you think that Woodley caught Lawler or like what what's your what's your feeling about that? Uh Woodley has crazy power. Yeah. And uh and speed. I mean, he fainted, Robbie reacted incorrectly, Woodley caught him with one punch, and that was it. Uh you know, and we're talking about Robbie, a guy who's a consummate receiver of damage. Yeah. You know, who has absorbed damage in ways that would fell any other normal man. And he was dropped. He was out, man. He got knocked the fuck out. And it sucked because Tyrone after that has done nothing but to make me less of a fan of him with Everything he says, and I'm just like, every constant remark he makes to the media makes me, like, groan. Like, oh, this guy's the champion now. This sucks. It's kind of a drag, man. I uh, That was the first thing I thought about, too, when I saw him drop uh, Robbie. But then there was a part of that fight where Tyron had him up against the uh, fence in a clinch. And they I saw the size of that fucking guy's ass and legs. And I was like, holy shit. The guy's like, his legs and his ass were fucking huge. And I was like, no wonder this guy knocks people out. And then like seconds later, he knocked Robbie out. And I was like, damn. But um, yeah, I was bummed. I was shocked. I wouldn't say that I was necessarily a fan of Tyron Woodley, but I wasn't against him the way I am now after hearing all the sort of bullshit things he's saying now that he's champion. Like calling out dudes who like not, who aren't like, you know, why doesn't he fight uh, Wonderboy Thompson? He's like the legitimate number one contender. 
you know? And um, it's, it's kind of a bummer, and I think it's like a very ungamesman-like uh, conduct for a champion. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that whole thing. Yeah, it's very mcgregor of him. Yeah, I feel like McGregor's rubbed off on a lot of people, and, you know, it's kind of taken... Taking the uh, the competition aspect of things a little bit out of the equation when it comes to MMA, at least with with respect to the UFC, you know. And that was like primarily as much as I like. Sorry, go ahead. That was, you know, that's primarily why I enjoy MMA. It's like I love the competitive aspects of it. You know, the technique. You know, the personalities are definitely fun. But you know, coming from like years of wrestling, and you know, and and when I was a younger man, uh, I always enjoyed the competitive aspects of that. And that's like, seems to be like falling to the wayside in, in the modern version of the uh, UFC. Yeah. There's definitely this new aspect of, uh, people realizing that they can kind of, uh, cough up this like celebrity persona or like, Hey, like, like would be said, he says, I want the money fight. Yeah, dude. You just won the belt. Defend it. Defend it a few times. Yeah. Then get that money fight. Did, do you think Robbie Lawler felt like fighting against Tyrone Woodley was a money fight? No, he wanted to freaking defend his belt. He wanted to fight. He didn't give a shit about the money fight. The money he makes is because he's a champion and he fights. And he's like, okay, and I'm going to knock him out and I'll make a bonus. You know, Tyrone Woodley's like, I want to fight specific people that... You know, he's trying, to, he's trying to lead it like a business. And I understand GSP even came out and said, we'll need to think about that aspect. But I feel like the way that Woodley is, is doing it, it's not the way that you want to do it in front of the fans. You don't want to come straight out and you don't want to say, oh, yeah, I want to fight this guy just because of the money. Uh, you want to try to, to, to use it. I mean, even McGregor's smarter than that. Yeah, definitely. He, you know, he makes a certain circus out of it and he, he picks on the people he tries to make it a verbal warfare woodley the dummy he's just like uh i just want to fight whoever gets me the most money and it's like dude you're not getting any fans by saying something like that no one's gonna say oh yeah i i, I really respect him that he just wants to get the most money possible and would fight anyone for the most money possible like dude it's just, it's not, like, in this game, in MMA, that's just not, that doesn't, that doesn't jive well with anybody, I don't think. And I, and I think that a lot of people, and I saw, I saw more comments on the website Bloody Elbow for Tyrone Woodley talking about these things than Tyrone Woodley winning. Yeah. There was more comments about people being like, wait, that's what he's saying? Are you kidding me? Then people saying... Wow, that was a great win. There was like three times as many comments, like just people being baffled by like this, uh, like I don't know, PR suicide. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. It's really disappointing. Another big uh, upset recently was the Matt Brown loss to Jake Ellenberger. You know, and and that. Wow. That I really didn't see that one coming, man. But honestly, it's like if that means that Jake Ellenberger can stick around for a little bit, while longer, then I'm I'm cool with that too. But um, I mean, because literally, what I what I heard, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming this is true. I read it somewhere is that Ellenberger actually was cut, and that this fight was like borrowed time for him to come back. So 
with that in mind, you know, props, you know, good. Even though I'm a, you know, huge Matt, Matt Brown fan. But, uh, you know, even, the, even that body kick that kind of put him down, I was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, Matt Brown's been in this position. You know, Eric Silva did the same thing to him. And then, like, Matt Brown just, like, recovered and, like, you know, beat his ass, you know. So, but, yeah, man, that was uh, a short fight and uh, had a shocking conclusion, you know. Well, what I didn't realize was uh, that Ellenberger, the juggernaut, he left Glendale. And, and kudos. Yeah. You know, like, like, like that's that was the wisest decision he could make was leaving Glendale because that's, man, you know, um, who is it? Uh, uh, the other Travis Brown. Travis Brown's getting a rematch with with Fabricio Verdum, and he went to a decision with them last time under the tutelage of Jackson Wink. Yeah. This time with Glendale, I mean, he's had rocky road there, man. I don't think anyone's had great success there. I mean, even Ronda, who might never fight again, it seems, has had a, you know, her game plan in the home fight. Her boxing was terrible. Um, and he's a boxing coach. It's not, I, I do not think that's a good place. I'm just a fan. What do I really know? But Ellenberger now is fighting over at uh, Master Rafael Cordero's. And I didn't realize that until after the Brown fight. I didn't know that until so just like, now. You know, you never see Ellenberger throw kicks. No. And then he throws that kick because he's over there training with Cardero, Cordero. Yeah, that's shoot box. legit. Yeah, shoot box uh, style, man. Shoot the box, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that either until so he told br- me. Yeah. So now let me ask you a question. Your, what are your thoughts about Derek Lewis? I mean, he beat um, – he's finally – broken into the top 10 I think now by uh by defeating Roy Nelson okay and uh did you see that fight like what you what were your thoughts on that oh I mean that was a heavyweight fight you know there's a lot of flopping there's a lot of gassing there's a lot of holy shit Nelson that guy can take a shot oh Oh, my god he got plastered yeah. man that last right that he took that last right cross across his jaw yeah the spit flying out of his oh, mouth yeah. and he didn't even wobble nope iron chin i man. don't know man <laughs> iron chin crazy uh you know he's like the new uh, uh cabbage he says that i remember rogan said cabbage said that his head is full of rocks and stuff <laughs> that's nelson man his his head's full of rocks and stuff yeah um yeah, I think I think that uh, that the Black Beast he uh, it's interesting. I mean, the guy's got power. He's actually very likable. Yeah, I, 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 totally, I like man. him. He's I like entertaining. Him he does yeah. that weird uh, like walrus worm thing he does, yeah. where he goes on the ground. Yep. <laughs> it does like a sort of I don't like a sun salutation, you know, <laughs> like a, like a yoga thing, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know what it is, but I like it, and it's fun. Yeah. However, man, that guy's easy to take down. I mean, he gets up. Holy shit, that guy gets up. He's like, whatever, I'm standing up. Dude, it's like, that's the thing. He's like a freak of nature, and that's like, usually if he was at a lighter weight class and his, rel- I mean, relative lack of technical ability, like, he wouldn't be having any success, but because of his sheer power and size... And just brute force strength, he's actually winning. 
And that's the thing that's scary about the guy. You know, whether or not he can pull this off against, like, you know, uh, Alistair Overeem or, you know, or Cain Velasquez or someone like that, um, that remains to be seen. But I'm not going to count him out, man. I'm not going to count him out with that sheer brute force taking him a long way into the heavyweight division. You know, it's funny, though. Um, I wouldn't count him out against a few people above him, but the two people you named, I absolutely would. Oh, yeah, definitely. Takedowns. Takedowns. Cain Velasquez. I mean, Roy Nelson took him down with ease. Yeah. Cain Velasquez would destroy him on the ground. Yep. Kicks. There was some fight where he got kicked. And he was reacting really. His leg was that this fight, the Nelson fight, where his leg was all banged up. Yeah, I think it was this one. Yeah, and and Roy Nelson. He was not, limping not around. He's having a hard time on that leg. Yeah. Overeem, oh lord, man. Yeah. Those, those would be very tough fights for him. However, Overeem is very crackable. You hit him once, like like Lewis can, and and the the big man's going. Any big man's going down, except for Roy Nelson. Yeah, big time, man. But yeah, I'm interested to see what happens, man. It's like a very, uh, you know. It's just like an interesting scenario with that dude because um, it's more out of curiosity, but it's it's curiosity the way you look at like a car accident. It's like because every fight just seems to be so brutal and taxing, and there's like a complete destruction of the guy that he's fighting. You know, most of his fights are in first round KOs, and I was like, this motherfucker is gonna go to distance, man. This is like two out like guys completely gassed out, you know, like leaning on each other for a lot of that. You know, round two and three, you know. It's a lot of weight to be carrying around, man. A lot of weight. And him standing back up after having big-ass, big country's belly all over him, it's just standing up. Just standing up. He just stood up. Yeah. It's crazy. He's got, he's got another 260-pound man on him, and he just, he's like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up. I'm getting up now. <laughs> like, he got up. He got off the ground like he's getting up off the couch. That's how he got up. He just stood up. It wasn't like a tech. He didn't, like, hip escape or he didn't bridge. He's just like, all right, I got to change the channel on the TV. And he just stood up. It was crazy. Yeah, he's, he's like a guy that fell asleep on the couch and then woke up to go turn the TV off. He was like, oh, oh damn, I fell asleep. I got to go to bed. And just stood up. You're right, man. Exactly. It was crazy. There's something about him. It's so old school. Yeah. You know? And I really enjoy that. There's Again, he's a very likable character. And he's, he's a throwback. Yeah. And, and that's nice, man. I like it. Yeah, I'm down with it too, man. All right, man. So let's uh, let's get into this card, man. There's like dig a, in. You know, it's there's a really good fight, the featured fight on the Fight Pass prelim with uh, Neil Magny versus Lorenz Larkin being contested at the welterweight division. And um I think this has got uh pretty much the uh, the trappings of a pretty pretty kick-ass fight for this uh, this card. You know, amazing Mag- fight. Magny's on a three three fight win streak and aside from his loss to Damian Maya He's won like his last ten or or ten out of eleven fights, I think, right? Pretty much. Yeah, huge huge streak aside from that. Yeah, yeah. Larkin is like three and one in his last four. He's got a few losses. Costas Filipu, Albert Tumanov, but um, just based on his last performance, I think that the two of these guys together could be like a pretty uh, pretty satisfying bout for this uh, this card. But I'm still. Oh yeah, it's a very, very different styles here. Yeah, but I think I might have to lean more towards Magny just from uh, his number of wins. 
his impeccable cardio, even though even though Larkin's got pretty good good cardio, but uh, Magny gets on the horse and he keeps on riding. You know what I mean? You know, he's, he trains at a grudge. Yeah, which is at altitude. Which right? is you know, at big altitude. Yeah. yeah. Actually, where is this? Is in Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's like there's no there's no uh, altitude on this. So what's your pick on this one? Man, this is a tough one. I mean, uh, we have one of my favorite things. Um, I love when this happens. There's something about it. I don't know. I don't have like any type of um, associated numerical focus where I believe in some type of like numerology or anything. Like where I'm like, oh, the numbers this and that represent this to me through like Mesopotamian times. But Neil Magny's 18 and 4, Lorenz Larkin's 17 and 5. So if Lorenz wins, then they have the same record. That's crazy. <laughs> I love, I love that shit. It's so weird. It just, I don't know. It's just these. It's a weird coincidence. What are the freaking chances of that? You know what I mean? It's awesome. I love it. That's not a pick. But all right, um, all right. yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you know, Magny, man, the guy's, he's big. He's got big frame, yep. long frame, great ground game, crazy cardio. You got Lorenz Larkin. I mean, the guy. He's like this whirling dervish of technique with a really shitty haircut. And he's awesome, man. I, I love watching Larkin. And, and Magny's grown on me. Just his like, he's got those, uh, he's got those takedowns where it's kind of like, he's just like a, it's like a, a mummy crossed with a sandbag and it just drags you down. And uh, it's a, he's tough, man. I mean, he's, got some real good wins that's the thing is that his wins are pretty much better than the wins that larkin has not that this means anything but lombard gastelum eric silva larkin has masvidal very close fight uh the loss to tumanov also very close ponzinibbio who looked great in his last fight uh and john howard so you know larkin's starting to find his way at welterweight and, and, and it's looking good I don't know. It's tough, man. The length of Magny, the ground game, he's going to try to clinch with him. He's going to get ugly. He just wants to grab him. And Larkin, you know, I think he needs space um, to do his spinning attacks. Yeah. I think he had a good hook, and he had a, he has a good spinning back fist, back elbow. Um, I think it's going to be a, a close loss for Larkin, maybe a split decision, probably 29-28, so I think that Magny's going to edge it out. Cool. Yeah, I'm with you on Magny, man. Now, there's a, there's kind of like a circus fight um, coming up on the, uh, the the FS1 prelims. We got uh, the Russian Hammer, Artin Lobov, versus uh, Chris Avia, who's um, part of the, uh, you know, the, the Stockton-Diaz brothers camp. No shit. Yeah. You didn't? Oh, yeah. So that's why this fight... That's why this fight's happening. Now I understand. Oh, yeah, totally, man. This is like um, that thing where, like, with Diaz McGregor won, where, where Nate's like, you know, my, my camp versus your camp. Let's see who wins. That's kind of how this, this yeah. fight came about. So now that, uh, what's his name there? Katal Pendred uh, crapped out, and he's uh, retired. And we got Artem Lobov, who I think has lost, like, his you know two last two fights were losses. And Chris Avia is like, this is his first fight in the UFC. You know, he's like one of Nate's, you know, boys from his uh, camp. So 
I think actually Nate named Chris Avia as being a guy who can beat anyone on McGregor's, uh, you know, in his in his camp. So that's why this fight came around, and it's being uh, contested at the featherweight division. So. Oh, that it's at featherweight. Yeah, it's at featherweight. Yep. Oh no shit. Yeah, Lobov is kind of a little guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he. I I think he, when he fought in the Ultimate Fighter was he fought. Ryan Hall was on that. I thought that was at lightweight. I mean, I'm not saying he I mean, didn't drop weight. I'm just saying this is a new division for him. Or maybe I'm wrong. Let me just confirm that here. I got the uh, the card up right now. Yeah, it's at one. While you're checking that, one forty-five. Sorry, what's it? It's at one forty-five. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's a. It's you know, a, Lobov. I mean, hey, we were wrong about Matt Brown, right? I mean, the guy came in, lost a lot, had a bad record. But it's not something we've ever seen some anywhere before in the UFC. Lobov, 11-12-1. I mean, that's not a very good record. And I think the only reason he's in it is because he's in Connor's camp. Well, well both both of the guys from uh, Full Blast uh, MMA, whatever they're called. What, what's the name of the camp up there? Direct, direct Strike, whatever the fucking camp is those guys are on. Dead. Dude, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Sorry. What's that? I swear to God, Full Blast is an actual name of a camp of that dude who was kicking the bag at my gym upstairs today that I waited for. Oh, really? For. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. I was like, Full Blast. Wait, what? That's the guy I was talking about Full Blast, like MMA. Like, so, so there's a there's a camp I, there's a camp up by you in Ithaca called Full Blast. Oh, I think actually his teacher went to this camp that is in like the west coast huh full blast it's like in the northwest i mean that's a possible that sounds definitely like the, an mma camp for sure but that's crazy like like i had never heard that you know i know you're just kidding but i was like wait no full blast that's like <laughs> i honestly don't i always forget the name of the irish camp it's like S- it's like c something like there's it's like three letters right yeah. but it stands for something like full blast or direct blast or something like that yeah, it's like PCP or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, the, yeah, their whole him and Katal Pendry. The only reason why like either one of those guys had a shot in the UFC was because of Conor McGregor. You know, I remember when I was watching that episode of the well that season actually of the Ultimate Fighter when Katal Pendry was brought in, and he was just like, "We got like a wild card here, you know. This never happens. We're bringing some guy in, you know." And he he walks in like no shirt on, like beard, like shredded. You know, like, oh, this guy must fucking be, like, this guy must be, like, a badass, you know? Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, it's that Irish guy, you know? Fuck. Comes in, beard, shredded, no shirt on, you know? The guy was a fish, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, dude, you know, once again, man, I know I talk shit a lot about these guys, but it's like, and I'm sure even, I'm sure all these guys could beat my ass. I mean, I'm not even trying to come off like that, but I'm just saying, like, dude, this is, like, the elite of the elite. There are dudes I know personally that are better than some of these guys that are not. They're just languishing in small promotions because they don't have a big brother like Conor McGregor to drag them along. So that's why that's why I react the way I do to people who have definitely have talent but are not on the same level as people who are actually grinding it out and trying to do it on their own. That's why I take such an offense to this thing. You know, I, I, and I would say, too, to, to people who don't understand, who, you know, I think people can understand that stance, but, but I also know where else that comes from, you know, um, from 
you being on the road way, you know, for a long fucking time. And then myself being in, in the scene and on the road too is, you know, you see these people, man, like you see talented people all over, the, all over America, all over the world, amazing bands, yeah. like people who you're like, this thing's going to be huge. And they never make it because they never get their foot in the door because they just don't, nobody knows them or they don't know anybody. And it's, it's really like the same thing. Yeah, pretty much you know, is. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, you get this fighter who can do some stuff and, you know, he's more marketable because he dyes his eyebrows blonde. So they <laughs> sign that guy instead of like the normal, like very talented fighter. Cause this guy's got a little more upswing and tick with, uh, people who want to see a spectacle, you know, it, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I agree. I, there's some people who I feel like came through in this uh, SBG. I think that's what it's called, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know what it stands. Straight, straight gut punch. Or I don't know what the fuck it means, man. SBG. <laughs> All right, yeah, that works. So it's like the same thing, I, I, and, I, and I agree, you know? And I, you know, I do think that Connor is talented, but hey, man, you know, there's... How many talented people are there at AKA? How many talented people are there at Jackson Wing? How many talented people are there at Rafael Cordero's gym that are not in the UFC, but they're really talented people? You know, I mean, it's it, it's just crazy, you know? And you get this guy in, in it, and I'm like, come on. But I understand now when you were saying. I didn't know that uh, Avila was from uh, Diaz's camp. Yeah. So, um I don't know. It's an interesting fight in in the way that Lobov is just a brawling banger. Yeah. Avila, he's on a three fight streak. KO, TKO, sub. Yeah. I, if he brings Lobov to the ground, I think I'll be able to sub him. But who knows? Maybe he can knock him out in the feet too, because this guy looks like he's well rounded. Also, Lobov never has his hands up either. I don't know if you ever seen him fight. That dude's hands are at his like uh, belt line the whole time. You know, and who the hell teaches somebody how to fucking fight like that, man? It's like fundamentals. It's like maybe if who you, encourages who that, encourages right? that sort of behavior, man. I'm mean, like, that's like bad coaching, man. You know, it's just like I know that you know whatever, man. But you know, the guy's got an iron chin or whatever. But it's just like, yo, he's 12 and 11. So how good can his could he be? He he definitely has room for improvement. And that the first thing he should improve is putting his goddamn guard up. You know, not fighting with his hand at his belt loops. That thing's insane to me. So some I'm, people can pull it off. He can't. He He's can't. Not fast enough. If he was like twenty-four and zero or something like that, then I'd be like, okay, you got a point. But this guy is, has like a he's like a five hundred record. You know what I mean? And it's just like you got to you got to change something up. You know, and just I don't know. I'm gonna pick Avila by knockout because it's my man Lobov doesn't put his hands up, and I think he's gonna get caught. You know and Avila yeah, is training. Avila by TKO. Yeah, and Avila is training at a gym that's filled with great boxers. You know, like that the camp with the, the Diaz brothers. They got great boxing over at that camp. So I'm assuming that Avila's got like good technique. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick early first round KO, straight up. My man Lobov's gonna have his hands down. He's gonna get caught, and that's gonna be lights out for him. 11-13, three loss win streak. <laughs> uh, that's a weird way to put it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got um a women's banter bantamweight fight with uh, Raquel Pennington, who is ranked eighth, versus Elizabeth Williams. 
Uh, Elizabeth Phillips. Uh, is that right? Oh, you're right about that, Elizabeth Phillips. I'm gonna cut this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little trickery here. No, you can't do that, man. <laughs> you gotta leave it. <laughs> All right. Even Christy was saying she's like, "Oh, you got a little printout today." I was like, "Yeah, I wanted you know, I got it all typed out, all the yeah. fights. I got the right." <laughs> order this time usually i'm wrong <laughs> dude I, I wrote it down wrong i have it i have elizabeth williams i don't even i i don't know what the fuck was going on i, I i'm looking at it right now it i'm gonna google like, that she's probably who's, who's elizabeth williams i gotta <laughs> she's probably like a r&b singer or something like that yeah right she's a, like a pro golfer or something weird yeah we gotta keep this <laughs> yeah it's funny for comic relief man definitely um yeah so rocky pennington yeah um, I've seen her fight a bunch of times. I have no idea about, obviously, I have no idea about Elizabeth Phillips. Have you seen her fight? I've never seen her fight. She fought against, she won against Jessamyn Duke. I don't think that's a good win at all. Pennington. Okay, so Pennington, she lost against Holm. Yes. She's 7-5, and five, which sounds like a shitty record, but she must have, I don't know what she did before, but she beat Jessica Andrade. She beat Betch Cohea. But both of them, I think, are fighting at a lower weight class now. But, but you know, hey, that you know, she beat them when they were relevant in her division. Yeah, and, definitely. And uh, those are both really good wins. So I got to go with Pennington here. I'm going to go with her, too. Also, she's like, yeah, I not having ever seen Elizabeth Phillips fight and having not done any research on her, I know zero about her, so... I'm just going to go, uh, you know, blindly and pick uh, Rocky because I've seen her fight a bunch of times. And uh, But the question, have you seen Elizabeth Williams fight? I don't think I have. If that person, you know, there's like about two, two million people named Elizabeth Williams in this world. I'm going to sure dog that. Yeah, maybe there's, she's on some like uh, amateur league somewhere. Hot prospect. <laughs> All right, so that was, that was. That wasn't one of the more professional picks we've done, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it anyway, man. <laughs> oh no, I don't know. I mean, she beat Betch Cohea and Jessica Andrade. You know, respect. So you did? Did uh, Cohea actually drop? Because Cohea was like four foot nine or something like that, so she should be at a lower weight class. And she's pretty. I want to say, Co- I I want to say both of them dropped and have won at a lower at one twenty five. I'm pretty sure. I'll have, to, I'll have to back that up, man. I have to look at it. All right, so uh, we got Tim Means versus Sabah Hamasi. You know, Means is uh, coming off some wins. He's like three and one yep. in his last four fights. He's kind of on a hot streak right now. And neither one of these only guys, one loss. Yeah, neither one of these guys are are uh, are in the top ten right now. Though I think they're they're nah. still yeah they're they're still languishing somewhere in the top fifteen. I think probably but, uh, below that. But you think they're. Uh, Oh, okay. I mean, Homasi is. I mean, Homasi is, yeah, yeah. Means, I think, is he's like He's a good 15. replacement, though. Yeah, I think Means is like in the top 15. Let me see. I'd be surprised. I don't know who he... Means lost against... Uh, I, I, I want to say he lost against Cerrone, but I know he lost against Brown. Um, he had the TKO win over John Howard. He has a crazy record. I think he used to fight at lightweight, which is insane, because this guy is like a... A tall beanpole at welterweight, just a big guy. Um, Hamasi has a three-fight win streak. He just beat George Patino, 
who's been fighting for way too long, and he beat him at uh, at this Titan FC that just happened. God, I feel like I read about that like two weeks ago. So and he's a fresh replacement, but I, th- I think it's a good replacement. Kind of like when, um, oh God, of course I'm going to forget, but there was there was that that gentleman who I think was a replacement, mostly a boxer. Uh, th- he was a He's a Muslim guy out of like Chicago. He fought recently. Oh yeah, the guy, that guy who just kept, he just wouldn't, he he wouldn't go out, man. That dude is yeah against Joban. Yeah, yeah, Alan Joban, and he he actually cracked Joban a few times. A few times. Yeah. I feel like it could be a sleeper like that. I feel like this, yeah. the Sabah Masi guy. I mean, I'm not saying this because I don't know what his name comes from, but uh, no, seriously, like coming from Titan FC and off of that good win. He's on a three-fight win streak. This this guy could be, you know, a, a sleeper, and uh, this could be a very competitive fight. All right, so you're right. Means is a, officially, well, from what I found on the internet, Means is ranked 17. Yeah. So he's not quite in the top, obviously, not in the top 15. No, that's cool. And I'm pretty sure he just got off a uh, suspension. Okay. I'm going to pick Means uh, on this one because I don't have a lot of intel about Hamasi. And he is, a, like, who knows what kind of condition he's in since he's a, a late replacement, you know? And I'm just going to, you know, it's a non-pick. I'm just using the sort of fundamental things I actually do know. And I've seen two Means fight a bunch, and I know that he's a game competitor. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give uh, team Tim Means the nod on this one. It's a tough one for me, even though I know nothing about Homasi. That was, uh, hey, yeah, the Bluetooth's on. Sorry, Christy's uh, Bluetooth was on her phone. Started watching some uh, beauty blogs on her phone. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Homasi, even though I don't know anything about him, I know he's coming in here prepared. Tim Means is like a kind of Matt Brown uh, light. In a way, yeah, you know, he's the dirty bird, you know. Um, yeah, he's the dirty bird. He, he's tall and he's got the Muay Thai. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, what can happen with it. Uh, means he can get kind of reckless and get into some fights where I don't know if he has a good game plan as much as depending on his aggression and durability. I'm going to go with Means here. I think it's a safe bet, but even though I don't know a lot about Hamasi, I wouldn't be surprised with an upset. Means has been around for a long time. He's got um, 34 fights to his name, so we'll see. Okay, next up on the card, we got Hyun Goy Lim versus Mike Perry in the welterweight division. That's uh, Ace Lim out there for I can't believe this is on the main card (laughs) I know especially with like Lorenz Larkin and uh and Neil Magny on the F on the uh fight pass prelims like this this should be like on that card I think you know yeah yeah man Larkin called it bullshit or I mean to paraphrase he was like it's stupid that he's on fight pass and I agree well you know what though I mean I, I don't I don't agree with this but I do feel like you know the the brass, like the the the, the corporation, is trying to beef up 
the fight pass presence, so they're putting in good fights. Like the headliner fights are on fight. Like the headliners that are on that card are like badass. Like I th- wasn't um, uh, Joe Lozon and uh, fucking what's his Diego name? Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. They were the headliners on I think the la- either the yep. last one or the one before, and that's like definitely like at least like uh, FS1 prelim you know worthy card, if not a main card, depending on who's on the main card. You know, and it's like, absolutely. but unfortunately it's like those motherfuckers have to go on so early though. You know, it's like, like I almost missed that Lozon fight because it went on at like, like four thirty in the afternoon or something like that. So that's where yeah. it, kind of a drag, you know, but, uh, but yeah, these guys, they're just kind of like <laughs> kind of shoehorn them in here, you know, at the, on the main card, lower, the lower main card, but they're like, I don't know, man, maybe, uh. Uh, like the, you know, the pay-per-view is like warming up at this point. You know what I mean? You don't quite get it. You might miss this fight. You know what I mean? But uh, it's um, it's an action fight. Yeah. It's totally an action fight. And um, and I totally agree with about the fight pass thing. They're trying to market it a little better. And the Magni Larkin fight. They even let him cut a promo for it, which is great. But Hyun Guy Lim is like. He's an action fighter. That fight against Sephedine, He was his leg was destroyed. He was still put. Pushing it, yeah. He, you know, his last fight I think was a loss against Magni, which is, you know, you're putting a guy with a loss on a main card. Why? But you have like a perhaps prospect in six and zero Mike Perry uh, against a total action fighter, a guy who's huge, big, strong fighter, and just aggressive as all hell. So I'm sure it's going to be a very, very, very fun fight, and um, that's part of the game. You gotta lead people into the card. After this, I mean, holy shit! This is a, this. I do like this card. It gets real. Yeah, definitely. Shit um, gets real. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go at Ace Lim on this, but um, you know, just because you know I know something about him, really, you know. Um, I can't make a pick on this. The unknown is too weird. You have to make a pick, man. That's that's the agreement. <laughs> you got to pick somebody. All right, so <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go with Mike Perry, man, because uh, I knew this guy in high school named Mike Perry, and he was like, I don't know, he was kind of like a Jack Kerouac ass motherfucker. He was, I don't know, he was a really cool dude, and I liked him. And uh, it was like, wait, what? Did you travel in a time machine and decide to go to high school in my town for some reason in like the '90s? I don't get it. So I'm gonna pick him. That's a good enough reason as any man, honestly. You know. <laughs> All right. So now we got uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus uh, Rick Story, and this is oh like God, because this is we got Cowboy knocking at the top ten of the wealth of the welterweight division, and uh, I like I like Cowboy at 170, man. You know, 155. Like there there were a couple of questionable weight cuts for him at 155, like when he fought Nate Diaz like years ago. Like he looked, looked like weight, you know, just like like death, you know, and I think that uh, Donald Cerrone at one seventy, I, li- I like what I see so far, man. But he's, I guess, he's ranked fourteen in the division. So Rick Story, who I think is number rank ninth, he's like, you know, could be his if he defeats Story, who, and that's like not an easy task, I think. I mean, Story's a you know tough guy. Uh, this super puts, tough. This puts Cerrone. Knocking on the top ten in, in in another division, so it's a pretty significant fight for uh, for the cowboy. 
You know, and Story's coming off a three-fight win streak too. He's the last won the last three. Yeah, good wins. Yeah, solid wins. You know, um, this is definitely going to be an action fight, though. I think, and both of these guys. Holy come. shit! This fight is going to be from Belda. Whatever the hell happens, man, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you have these two totally divergent styles, but both of them are really aggressive, and. Um, Man, you know, yeah, right. Rick Story, he beat uh, Tarek Sefadine, who we were just mentioning. Um, he beat Gunnar Nelson in yep. a split decision, which should have been a unanimous. And um, then he beat uh, Leonardo Mafra Teixeira by sub, which isn't really anything. Uh, before that, he alternated wins and losses since 2012 until his current streak, and he also was off for a year because he got injured. But he's at a new camp. I think that he's finally found himself you know he's always had good boxing strong wrestling super like just aggressive bulldog bully type of a fighter um and i think that that inside fighting and that takedown with the dirty boxing could be dangerous for cerrone just as yeah. the outside is going to be dangerous for um story you know with 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 cerrone and being taken down cerrone's bottom game is fucking good his jiu-jitsu is really good. And, you know, I think I was th- I was talking about this actually with that guy uh, who was up with the heavy bag. And I was saying, uh, you know, I was wrong about something that I thought about Cerrone. I was wrong because I believe the bald man. The bald man says that Cerrone chokes. I looked up his record, and Cerrone has only lost two fights since 2013, man. And both those fights are to RDA. That's it. You know, that's some serious consistency and we're talking about a guy who was in the in the top five at lightweight and they went up 15 pounds and is knocking on the door at the top 10 i mean that is a legitimate competitor that's hats off to him yeah man and he's out of his mind too like he's just one of these guys that'll fight like every three weeks you know it's like he should be in like thailand or something you know fighting like every weekend they're doing you know some kickboxing and, and like Holland with these guys like fighting like three times a week or a month rather. You he know? probably will when he retires. Yeah, he, he just he's gonna be like fifty years old fighting every week. You know, it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be like you know, stories like the wrestler boxer man, the heavy takedown, heavy top game, like brutal like clinch, you know, inside fighter and Cerrone with like that Muay Thai background and like the very crafty uh, you know, ground game. You know, I think it's gonna be a, a you know a tug of war between who actually can win this one, you know? But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with my heart on this one. Cause I feel like just Cerrone's got a lot of momentum and well, then again, you know what, man, he's a slow starter too. And a guy like Rick story, you don't want to be a slow starter with that dude. You know, I'm still going to go with Cerrone, but I feel like, uh, it's going to come down to the first round, man. It's like, if story if uh, story is super aggressive, he might be able to neutralize Cerrone, like in that first round. Because Cerrone, like he, he loosens up, man. He doesn't get, he's not, you know, he takes that first round and, and it takes a while for him to warm up, you know. Yeah, the way that uh, Story handled Gunnar Nelson was beautiful. The way that he was able to still box with him aggressively while still being wary of the speed and the feints um, of 
of Nelson was really, 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 really awesome. And I wish there wasn't so much time between that fight and where Story is now that he didn't have that time off because such a performance deserves to be remembered, um, I think, adequately and in a timely fashion in such a fast-moving world and a fast-moving sport. Um, And I don't know where he is now even as a fan and who's aware of that fight because so much time has passed between it. Um, I don't know. I mean, you look at someone who has a strong kicking game like Cephedine, who's like a very strong kickboxer, and and Story was able to neutralize him. So he was able to neutralize the speed of someone who probably could fight at 155 in Nelson, and he was able to neutralize the kicking game of Cephedine. Um, But I still think that Cerrone is is... both of those things and better. And um, I, I expect Cerrone to lose the first round pretty badly, actually. I expect him to sort of get uh, pretty beat up. Um, but I think that he can adjust. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled out a submission in the second or third round. Um, stories always struck me as sort of a like a dickhead. He reminds me of like these dickhead brothers from my high school <laughs> he looks just like him oh yeah I can and see that. He's uh he's always, i've always him. heard these stories of him just being a like a total jerk back in the day at mma gyms just being kind of a bully he seems like he's changed that i mean in his demeanor he just seems more humble and more focused um it's tough i like both of these guys uh but i yeah i think cerrone man i mean He's way more consistent than I think than I believed or even thought in my brain, and I think that he's more consistent than maybe other people think, and that he's gonna show us that consistency on Saturday. So I'm gonna pick Cerrone. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. All right, man. This next one we got these uh, big light heavyweights: uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Glover Teixeira, and uh, what a fight, dude. This is no way this is going the full distance, man. Not with these two fucking animals, like, beating each other up, man. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Once you get to 205 and above, those last two, the heavyweight and the light heavyweight, it's like it only takes, like, one shot from one of these guys to really put the put the uh, the exclamation point on it, you know? And both both of these gentlemen have that knockout power. Um you know, I just think that Rumble, it's only because maybe um, Glover has had so much, like, so much mileage that I'm going to go with, with Rumble on this one, you know? Hmm. I mean, I think that's that might be the only, the only reason why I might go with Rumble on this. You know, and Rumble can put people out, man. I mean, we've seen him in action before, you know? And... Uh, so yeah, that my my pick is is Rumble. Yeah, the thing that worries me most about Teixeira is that he has his own camp in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and um, I mean he's won his last three. But there, I remember there was a fight somewhere in there where he came in and he just he did not look physically good, and um, you know he 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 KO'd Rashad, he TKO'd Cummings, he submitted OSP. Uh, Anthony Johnson knocked out Bader and Manoa. Um, man, Johnson, he's such, uh, he's still such an unknown because you look at that Phil Davis fight 
Yeah. That was beautiful. He fought that that fight perfectly. And then you look at the DC fight, and it's like, if he blasts, he blasts that guy, guy goes down, his energy level peaks. He goes crazy, the drilling, everything. He starts swarming on him. He goes for the finish. He doesn't finish him. He's done. That's it. He's done. And after that, he just gets he gets himself finished. And it's, it's been something he's had to deal with his whole career. You look at it, he gets tired and he gets he gets choked out. Um, when his game plan doesn't go through, it doesn't always work out. But he's capable of such technical violence and his game plans. He can execute the game plans. I just don't – I can't trust him to be consistent yet. I just don't – even 26 fights into his career, I don't know what Johnson is going to show up. I don't know – I don't think that Johnson's like proven to gas or mess up or KO somebody. Um, but you're right. Teixeira's been fighting for a really long time. I mean, a really long time. And uh, he, he's not the fastest guy in the world. His left hook is freaking brutal, though. Um, I don't know. This is a really, really tough fight for me to call. Yeah. Obviously, Teixeira's got the ground game. He's got that shit on lock, man. Um, I could see Johnson winning until somewhere like in the second, and he starts getting tired, and then Teixeira subs him in the third. Um, but this one's a really hard one for me to call personally. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. Like that's why I had to default to like which guy's been beaten up less, you know. And it's like, you know, I feel like Glover is the oldest guy on the card. I think he's been around forever. Uh, just all those training camps, all those fights. Uh, you know, Johnson, a little bit of a younger guy. Um, his fights have, the ones that he's won have been a lot, a lot of finishes, so there's like, you know, less mat time, I guess, like in competition, you know? I don't know. I'm just, I'm reaching into my ass on this, but I, I would just say that, like, I think, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Rumble just, you know, for what I just said. I think he's got less wear and tear. Um, I feel like with age, the speed starts going, you know, with Glover, Glover still has that power. He can still catch him, you know, but I just think that rumble, uh, the, 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 the sort of pendulum is swinging more in his direction on this one slightly. So, you know, that, that's my, uh, that's my pick on this fight. Yeah. Rumble definitely has the athleticism and the speed on his side. Um, they probably have equal power. Um, Teixeira has a better chin. I don't think Teixeira hasn't been stopped. Uh, four losses. God, I can't remember what all those are. Obviously, I only remember the John one. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. Again, Teixeira getting older, lots of fights, fighting out of Connecticut. There's so many variables in this fight. I'm going to go with Johnson putting on a kind of performance just because that's what I want to see like the type of Phil Davis performance but here's the here's a larger problem I think is this division is in some serious problems um you know Teixeira already lost to Jones I guess I'd like to see him fight DC but I don't I don't think he can beat DC and um you know Johnson already fought DC I still would like to see a rematch yeah. I want to see John Johnson versus Jones for sure. But 
you know, there's like a log jam of five people up top. You got Johnson, Teixeira, Jones, DC, and Gustafson. And that's kind of a round robin of those five guys with either DC or Jones presumably being champion, though Gustafson has come the closest out of any of those opponents of those two of dethroning either of them. Um, But below that, I just don't see any type of development or growth or hope for a challenger to beat any of those five individuals I just named. I don't think that there's anyone from six all the way down that can beat the top five. I think the top five can beat each other, but I just don't see anything below that. And that's, that's uh, a stagnant division. Yeah, yeah, the light heavyweights. Um, you know who actually might be a good prospect is that was that Nikita Krylov, that guy. Krylov's Krylov. been looking good for yeah. sure. I mean, he's young still, right? He's like a pretty young guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he is. You know, he if they develop, if he develops, I think that he probably will will mature into like a good light heavyweight. You know, I, I've been really impressed by his fights. You know. Yeah, ditto. I think that. Um... You know, he's probably three fights if they're trying to be smart with him. Probably three fights away from uh, a, like a real top fifteen challenge. Yeah, you know, but but he's been doing good work down in where he's at now. I feel like that you know if if he comes along and he's developed the right way, you know, I, I think that he might he might you know be one of those like contenders in the future, even though he's not quite there yet. You know. So now we have the uh, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor rematch. Oh, wait a minute. We skipped one. No, we didn't. Who did we skip? Yeah, we did. Garbrandt versus Mizugaki. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, okay. How could we forget that one? Sorry about that, everybody. I got a little excited here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... uh. That's that's the FS1 prelim headliner fight is Cody Garbrand versus uh, Takeu Mitsugaki, and wasn't isn't Mitsugaki a replacement on this one too? Wasn't he supposed to fight uh, Brian Caraway? Oh, I don't know. That would have been a really interesting fight. Yeah, because but I, um, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, because Garbrand's eight ranked eighth, and Mitsugaki's ranked eleventh. So I want to say that this that he Mitsugaki was like a replacement fight. I mean, I don't know if I'm right or not, but that's I, I think I remember reading somewhere that, that Brian Caraway was supposed to be slated to fight Cody Garbrandt. Damn, that would have been a good fight. Yeah. You know, two totally different styles, but yeah. You know. But um this is gonna be like I mean, you know, Mitsugaki being ranked at one point Mitsugaki was on a campaign for, for a contendership a few yeah. a couple of years ago. He yeah, had, he kinda got it. He Fought Cruz. Yeah, but I'm, well, yeah, but I mean that was a while back though, like when he, when he, but he's sort of been like in that sub top ten for for a little while after he had his his uh, contention. So that's why this it's interesting that Garbrand is fighting him since Garbrand is, you know, politic and to move up into into the into the higher echelons of the division. So I don't know. I feel like that that he wasn't originally his uh, his intended opponent in this fight but uh i might be wrong about that 
No, that's that's possible. I I can't recall myself, but um, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know, but um, it does feel like a weird fight though for a guy who's trying to um to move up in the division, because uh you know Mitsugaki, it's he still is a risky fight. Like for a guy who's trying to get up, you know, you know how like everyone's very strategic about who their next fight is, you know, like you know Garbrandt's like on the rise, like. You know, why fight a guy that's lower than you and, and risk losing, even though I don't think he's going to lose this fight. But, like, you know, against Mitsugaki, you never know. I mean, that's there's no reason why on a good day he couldn't beat him. Well, I think that the reason this is happening is uh, they do want Cody to get towards Cruz. And um, Mitsugaki was annihilated by Cruz. And honestly, I think that Garbrandt's going to do the same thing. And um, I think he's going to realize that in at the end of the fight and say, I just annihilated this guy just like Cruz did. Give me Cruz. Um, I think Mizugaki has been tried and true, you know, probably one of the greater success stories out of Japan in recent times. Um he had a five-fight win streak before he lost to Cruz, and then he lost to Aljamain Sterling, and then he beat uh, George Roop. Uh, but I think that Cody Garbrandt's the real deal. Yeah, He's got real power. He's got good striking, good boxing. Um, and that's pretty much what Mizugaki does, except that he's more of like a... Well, he, here's another thing. Okay, so he is more of of a volume striker, Mizugaki. And I think that it will show us if it goes too far in whether Garbrandt's ready or not for Cruz. If he just obliterates Mizugaki, then they can easily sell it and say, hey, this guy's ready for Cruz. If Garbrandt has a difficult time with that range, uh, the awkwardness, the speed, the combinations of Mizugaki, then they're probably going to pump the brakes a little bit and say, ah, this guy's not ready yet. So I, I think it's a it's a good test. There's a lot of I can see those two reasons for it. So wait, hold on a second. Mitsugaki fought Cruz. Cruz was not the champion when he fought him, though. It was when he came back on that big layoff, and then Cruz yep. like ran into the octagon, took him down, and beat him up in like you know like a minute or something like that. And then he, he yeah, went, it was crazy. And Cruz was out again for like another year because he fucked up his knee again, and that's. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just, I had to remind myself of the fight. Because, yeah, but that, and that was Mitsugaki. Okay. So, yeah. Um, it's an interesting fight. I mean, Garbrandt is just so crisp in that first round, man. You know what I mean? And he, yeah. he's, he's got, his technique is, like, so on point that, and he's a knockout artist at 135, which is, you know, he's, like, one of the, one of the guys who knocks people out at that weight class, you know? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm picking him, but, uh, once again, it's kind of, I think it's, I still think it's kind of a weird matchup. You know what I mean? You know what I'm interested in is what happens, you know, all the bad blood with, uh, TJ Dillashaw, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that might, that's, I see that, I see the TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrand fight in his future, you know, if he, if he gets past Mitsugaki. Yeah, that actually might be his yeah, next, that's, that might be his next fight after this if he wins. I mean, that's just, a good one. Yeah. 
you know, just uh, just throwing but, that out there. Uh, well, Dillashaw just beat a Sunsau. I mean, realistically, I think that Dillashaw has earned that that rematch. But I definitely agree with you. I could see Garbrandt versus Dillashaw in the future. You know, there's that's some pretty easy money in marketing for the UFC. Definitely, there's a lot of animosity there. Oh yeah, you know. How much of that is actually gamesmanship, though? You know what I mean? Like, this whole... I gotta be honest with you about that, man. Like, some of this stuff with, like, you know, the camps and everything. And, like, you know, yeah, this guy leaving and stuff. It's like, I don't, I don't know. That, a lot of that shit doesn't seem real to me. You know? Like, maybe Faber and Dillashaw. Like, a little bit of a, a weird, you know, feeling betrayed or whatever. But how Garbrandt just sort of jumped on the bandwagon. Because he's like, a relatively new guy at that camp. I mean, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not saying he's like a new Jack, but he, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the history that like Faber has there or uh, any of the other guys or Chad Mendez or any of these other people, you know, but I just think that he might've seen an opportunity for, for some PR and became like really vocal about it. But I mean, Hey, good for him. You know I mean? You know, whatever. Good for him. But yeah, the wealth, the, uh, that bantamweight division is looking pretty interesting too these days. Interesting thing leading into leading into the, the the main card headliner, the fight you know the headlining fight. Why the hell didn't T.J. Dillashaw get an immediate rematch against Dominic Cruz, and it was a split decision loss. He was the champion. I like that. Yeah, I like that he fought a Sun Sal. I mean, I think the immediate rematches happen too often. Well, no. What what I was trying to say though, it's like. It's it's almost random as to who gets what because um, our friend uh, you know Conor McGregor got choked out in the second round and he gets an immediate rematch, right? Not a title fight. Yep. Neither one of these guys are even in the welterweight division. Totally meaningless fight. I mean, reality. As much as I'm a Nate Diaz fan, like someone who's a champion in another division defeating Nate is is. is pretty insignificant really as far as like any any kind of like competitive um ranking or anything like that yet the champion in the bantamweight division loses a close fight and he has to like fight another guy before he may it hasn't been confirmed that he's he's rematching crews at all just complete bullshit ufc world wrestling League federation you know jackassery in my opinion you know so that leaves us with uh you know the the main event a little anticlimactic since i falsely uh you know presented this uh you know before <laughs> earlier so we have uh conor mcgregor versus nate diaz the rematch do you see this fight going any differently Uh, yeah, I see it going differently. I see it going better for Nate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a few weeks ago, uh, the betting odds had McGregor as the favorite, but I think they've kind of evened out a little bit. I think they're both kind of neck and neck right now. But God, um, I, so. I don't understand that at all. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how you can come off a loss and then be favored to win the rematch. It doesn't make any sense to me. Is there any kind of statistic that you're aware of that might uh, favor that? Especially a Especially loss. Especially because. A finishing loss where he's finished. You know? To know. someone who was in Cabo. 
Well, they, everyone wants to gloss over that. You know what I mean? That Nate was like partying and vacationing, didn't have any, any kind of camp and came in there and, and beat the guy. You know? I mean, all, the, all of the um, McGregor supporters are hanging their hat on that, you know, oh, yeah, Connor was like, had a lot of success in the first round, which is true, you know, to some extent, but he didn't finish him. Yeah, he boxed him up in the first round. But yeah, it's a guy who hasn't had any sparring for like, what, three months, four months. When was the uh, Johnson fight? You know, how many months ago was that? It was like six months ago. The dude hasn't really been in a training camp for six months. And you get a guy who has been training for Rafael dos Anjos, right? You mean, I mean, that, that, you got to pay attention if you're going to fight that guy. I'm sure he was training his ass off to fight him, you know? So one guy was in shape. One guy had his technique down. One guy gassed out after seven minutes of, uh, of fighting, basically. I mean, basically tried to knock out Nate. Nate would not get knocked out. Connor gassed. So what's his next game plan? Not to, try, to try to not knock him out? To try to box him? To try to last him in the long distance? To know that you don't have the power to put this guy out in one punch? So what are you going to do? You're going to try to wear out Nate Diaz? I don't think so. Or what? You're going to take him down? You're a wrestler now? You're going to take him down? Try to submit the guy? I mean, I know that he had Dylan Denise fly out there and, and work with him for a few months, but you can't learn like a complete... You can't get to that level in three months. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe he believes that. Good for him. You know? But I don't think that uh, it's possible to improve your game to the extent that you need to improve your game to defeat a guy who's been at the top of his game in jiu-jitsu for, you know, like 15 years probably at this point, you know? And um, I honestly think Nate is a better boxer than Connor, you know? And boxing's not just punching and throwing punches, but it's like how, how you pace yourself through a five-round fight. I mean, if you, the best boxers, I mean, boxing, you know, besides championship fights or nine rounds, Boxers know how to like pace themselves to last the entire fight. They don't just go in there and throw everything they have and gas out after two or three rounds like Connor did. You know, so maybe MMA boxing he might be good, but I think Nate actually has better boxing training on how to have a game plan and how to put together a win and how to actually last for five rounds than Connor does. So on the feed I think Nate wins too. You know, the only the only disadvantage Nate has is his stance with that heavy front leg which leaves himself open to leg kicks you know and Nate's not hasn't been known for checking leg kicks and that's like one of the things that I feel is like a hole in his game so yeah I mean, that's my break yeah I think Nate's a little little erect too when he stands yeah he's a little he's a little he's a little straight up and down and um I don't think that his head movement is necessarily good, though I think that he's good about moving his head back when he does get hit. Um, but yeah, I think that... Here's the thing. You're right. McGregor was training for a five-round fight against RDA. So if you're training for a five-round fight against RDA, why the hell did you gas in five minutes? Like, I don't, I don't understand that, because he had... Because you didn't have to cut weight, so you, I don't, I don't understand. Doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, 
just look back and forth from each corner of my vision thinking, uh, what? I don't understand. You gassed. He says it's because he was his lack of economy of movement. Yeah, you gassed. So you think you lost because of movement uh, or too much energy in your movement. Uh, but regardless, he gassed in five minutes. I mean, that's that's not very good at all. Um, but I also think it's because he got hit a lot. Yeah. And he didn't know how to react once his one-punch power in the lighter weights, where he's a bigger man, didn't mean jack shit to someone who was of equal size or bigger than him. And I was talking about this earlier today, and I said, I can't wait until the moment, and I hope that this, this happens, where you see the fight play out like it was playing out prior in the last fight, and you see the look of realization on Conor McGregor's face when he realizes himself, oh shit, I'm going to lose this one too. Yeah. It's, I, I really, you know, I, I don't think I've rooted against someone so hard in a while, but it's mainly just because this guy has gotten everything that he's wanted. He's gotten, he's just been a big loudmouth braggart his whole entire time. And I think it's time for him to get his comeuppance and they're coming a little sooner than he'd like. And, uh, it's good. I, I think it's going to be a beautiful sight. I can't wait to see that look on his face where he's just like, Oh shit. And he can do that Matt Hughes smile where you get punched in the face and you're like, ha yeah. Okay. That ain't fooling anybody, Jack. Yeah. You know, just cause that. you're smiling, you're still getting fucked up. Yeah. And, uh, I can't. I really can't wait for this fight. At first, I was like, "This is bullshit," uh, but probably because it was on 200, and I don't think that was a 200 worthy fight. But I'm looking forward to it as as a fight on its own, and um, yeah, the circumstances of it, uh, or rather, the repercussions of it for Connor are going to be really, really interesting. Um, I hope that he can't call his shots anymore. I hope he has to go back and defend that that belt and fight against Aldo again. I'm curious to see what that rematch looks like. Especially if he gets TKO'd or submitted, you know, if he loses two times uh, definitively in a row, you know, what's that going to do for his confidence? What's that going to do for, you know, his his team? Is is it a fluke? Has Kavanaugh been able to lead him up to this point and all this silly shit that he's doing with a movement coach and like a, he's like what's he got like a choreography? you know, crew out there and he's like miming and he's got like a, he's doing like stand up comedy. He's like with upright citizens brigade trying to like figure out how to do that shit. Like, come on, man. None of that shit matters. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think this goes back to why McGregor ended up at 145 in the first place. Cause I mean, he started out at lightweight in his early fights. And I, I believe that like, his transition to featherweight had to do with being more powerful than guys at a lighter weight. Like he was like, I don't think that it, I think in the UFC, if, if Connor does settle at being a 155 er I think that he's barely a top 10 fighter in that division. In my opinion, I don't think he beats RDA. I don't think he beats Eddie Alvarez. I don't think he beats a lot of guys at 155, you know, Cerrone, Cerrone. Well, yeah, Cerrone, if, if Cerrone's, Fights him at 155. I don't see him beating Cerrone. And uh, like once this fantasy world of uh, the Connor Diaz show is over, 
you know, once this realm, this time period of, uh, you know, on reality is finished, win or lose, man. I mean, he's, he's made no qualms about it. He doesn't want to stay at 145. So then you go up to that murderer's row at 155, and then good luck. You know, you got tougher guys that are actually as big or bigger than you. And, at, and that's what I think is his big downfall, guys that are the same size as him or bigger that he can't bully. And when he sees adversity, I think that he fails. And that's like a very fundamental lack of character that I see in Conor McGregor. And also the way he handled his loss, I thought was like a total amateur way of losing. You know, but of making, of, you know, I'm going to retire. I don't want to do press. I have to rematch this guy to get revenge at exactly the same conditions. I'm like, dude, like, once again, my meager experiences. I wrestled for I don't know how many years. I lost, dude. Every week we had matches. I lost, I lost a couple. I, lost, I won a few. I got, you get over it, man. You fucking win, you lose. Go, try going to a tournament where you have, like, multiple, multiple matches in a day. You might win or lose. You might win one, you might lose one in the same day. You know, you get over it. You just keep moving, keep moving forward. You forget about it. You learn from your losses, and you, you don't cry and retire. Oh, I'm gonna quit. That's some like fucking bitch, no character, weak-willed bullshit, in my opinion. You know, and I just feel that's mainly why I don't like Conor McGregor. I feel like he's a weakling. I feel like mentally the guy's weak, and I feel like when he's winning, he's on the top of the world. But forget about it. You know more about yourself when you lose. And if you're going to conduct yourself like that after losing, then you got to go back to the mountain and figure out what you need to do to become like a better man about things, you know? And that, that's my main, my main gripe with this guy, you know? And like, I've always felt that way about him. You know, a lot of people like disagree with me, but I don't give a fuck. I got my opinion. If you don't like it, that's, not, that's too bad, <laughs> you know? But um, I did check out that press conference right before we did this podcast. And it, it lasted literally for like 15 minutes, man. It was really funny. Like McGregor was late. You know, he made this big grand entrance, you know. And a uh, couple, you know, a couple of exchanges, like nothing, you know. A couple questions were asked. Ariel Hawani asked some questions. And then Nate just got up and left. Like, you know, just, <laughs> just walked, walked away. And as he was walking away, he had all these dudes around him, like Nick and like all these other, you know, guys from his camp. And he was like flipping off McGregor. McGregor freaked out and started throwing water bottles at him. And then Dana White's like, shut it down. He's like, Dana White, like, it's like, all right, it's over. See you guys on Saturday. And that's it. And that was the end of the fucking press conference. <laughs> that's the behavior of a guy who's intimidated and is scared. You know, that's just the way it is, man. Like if he had composure he wouldn't have acted that way i think that once again i feel like he knows that nate beat him once he knows that he can't knock him out regardless of how much mat time he got with dylan denise who's an outstanding grappler um i don't think it's going to matter at all i mean great i could i can hire dylan denise to, to to work with me for like you know three months and he could choke me out on the mat and fucking arm bar me and throw me in omoplatas and like you know, get full mount. Yeah, great. It doesn't make me a better fucking grappler. It just makes me his fucking grappling dummy for like three months, you know? I mean, I might learn some things. But it's just, in three months, you're not going to get any better, man. 
you're just figuring out how to move. You might move a little bit better. You might understand some things at a higher level that are being done to you, but you're not going to fully understand the counters for these high-level movements. You know, and that's, I just don't get it, man. Like, I don't, I don't believe in his gym. I don't believe in that John Cavanaugh guy. I think he's like a, another disgrace to the sport and the way he shoots his mouth off in the press. You know, he's, he went up and said something about how this fight is, is his reputation is on the line. Uh, oh, I heard that. What kind of fucking asshole says that, dude? It's like, do you see, like, Greg Jackson or, you know, saying that? You know, do you see him or, or you know, any, anyone? You know, say, oh, yeah, well, well, my reputation's on the line if this guy loses. It's like, you know, even like Ray Longo. You don't, you don't hear Ray Longo saying things like this. You don't hear Ray Longo talking shit about, you know, any of his guys' opponents. You know, it's like, it just sets a bad example, I think. And I think that, like, I don't know, like, my, my relationship to competitive sports, competitive individual sports, the coach is supposed to provide some sort of guidance for you and some sort of example on how you should conduct yourself. And I just think that he conducts himself like a punk, you know? And I'm, I'm a fan. Hey, I'm just a fan. Like, what the fuck do I know? But I'm just saying, like, I think that Kavanaugh is like, I don't even know what his background is. What, what is he at? What, what, is he like a boxer? Like, what's his deal? You know, wrestling? No like, clue. Wrestling? You know, Ireland's really... Irish wrestling? It's really, yeah. It doesn't even exist in fucking Ireland. You know what I mean? So who knows what this guy's like background in MMA is, you know? I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, he's like a got, nutritionist. Yeah, he's like a movement coach or something like that. He's got a lot to say, but it's just like it's disgraceful in my opinion, you know. And I just like, without McGregor, no one would even know who the hell he was. You're like John, who? John Kavanaugh? Never heard of him, you know. So yeah, I guess his reputation is on the line because once McGregor starts losing, no one's gonna give a shit about his gym. So I guess he's right. So that was quite a bit to say about this, you know, but, um, <laughs> hey, man. hey man, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that McGregor has really thrived on getting in people's heads. Yeah. You can't get into Diaz brother's head, man. That's just no. not going to happen. No. And now he has all the stress of, can he lose again? What does that mean? We got a person that he wants all the money fights. He wants all the money. He wants to be able to call the shots you can't afford a loss brother if you want to keep on having that card in your hand you can't have this dude take it away from you gary did it once that's in the back of his head what's he gonna do he you just said man all diaz had to do was walk away backwards and flip him off and he starts throwing water bottles at him it's like man if, if his cool is broken that much What's going to happen when Diaz is in the ring and starts flipping him off and starts talking shit to him? Yeah, bitch starts slapping slapping him. him with a Stockton slap. Yeah. I mean, he, he might not be the same fighter that he was in the last fight, and he could break down mentally, you know? I agree. Totally agree, man. You know, and it's like... But that that's, that's the difference between the UFC now and, like, the UFC, like, say, 10 years ago. Dudes lost. Our, all of our heroes lost fights. You know, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, they've all, they all lost. You know what I mean? Like all of the, all of the, the, the giants in the sport are, have lost fights, you know? And that's the thing. They didn't, they didn't, you liked them more when you, you supported them when they lost because it was like, oh, this guy's a fucking, we want him to come back. McGregor, like his fans are fucking, they don't, you know, 
I think he does have less fans now. I don't think he has like real supporters. You know, if you don't live in Ireland, that is because I guess like he's a big superstar over there. Yeah, know? but um, he didn't gain any fans from that Diaz fight. That's no, for sure. No, but like you know, I've watched guys fight, and when they lose, I'm like. I'm down with this dude because he fought well and he was a classy guy and he took the loss well. And it's made me fans of people after watching him lose. You know, watching McGregor lose and the way he dealt with his loss made me despise him even more because of the example that he's setting, you know? And it's like, you know, and this shit actually does have some meaning, if, especially if you're a kid in Europe. You're like a European fan of MMA. Like in Europe... MMA is still very much this underground thing. You know, it's not even legal in France at this point, I think. And, like, if you want to, you want to, if you're, you know, you're Irish, you don't have, I mean, hey, you know, I'm part Irish, so I can say this, you know. You don't have a lot going for you, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, your country has got a, you got a lot of fucking stuff to overcome in Ireland, man. You got a tough time. So if you're an Irish kid and you want someone to look up to, who do you have, Conor McGregor? It's like some shit talker, like fucking flashy... That's not the Irish way either, man. You know, the Irish are humble people. It's like, and then a guy who loses and completely falls to pieces. That's what you have? Someone with no character? And that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, guys like Randy Couture, guys like Chuck Liddell, like you can look up to those guys. As If you're like a young guy, they set examples by their deeds and their actions, the way they conduct themselves. You know, they're humble and they fucking, you know, even, even like GSP. You know, GSP is another guy. You can look up to him, you know. McGregor is just like a fucking a pimp, man, you know. And there's just nothing there. And, I'm, hey, I think he's a good fighter, dude. Everyone's like, why don't you like McGregor, you know. I think he's a good fighter. I don't think he's the unstoppable force of nature that people think he is. I think that when he's fighting guys at 145 pounds, he could be. But what happens, what would, what would happen if, if like, Robbie Lawler was able to cut to 155, you know? I'm sure he'd beat everyone up at 155, or most people, you know? I'm sure that he would beat Rafael Dos Anjos, you know? But it's like, he's not. He's a 170-pound welterweight guy, you know? And that's what I, I mean. McGregor was an excellent weight cutter. That's my analysis of him. Yeah, I agree. Man, and here's another weird thing about that. And, okay, and about the mental aspect. You know, he was able to knock people at 145. Then he goes and fights Nate, and he's like, oh, he's been doing it for so long now. He forgot that some people don't get knocked out when they, when he hits them. And um, he's also apparently never defended his belt. He won the 155 and the 145 in... Uh, King of the Cage or something like that. Cage Rage. I think Cage Warriors is the name of the UK. Ah, that's the one I missed. Cage Warriors, yeah. And uh, he never defended it. What's up with that? Weak. Total weak. Weak sauce, man. You know, and it's... You're not a real champion until you defend your belt. Totally, man. Common knowledge. Absolutely. You know, but I mean, in the press conference, um, Dana White did say that win or lose, he's going back down to 145. Because now there's another money fight. Even if even if he loses this fight with Diaz, everyone wants to see him rematch Aldo. So there's money to be made there, and that's why they're going to do it. You know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, I want to see that rematch. Oh, me too, man. Especially after seeing how how Aldo looked against Frankie, I thought he looked great. 
amazing. Yeah. And we don't really know. We never really, you know, we don't know how Aldo would look against McGregor because he just rushed in and fucking got knocked out. You know? Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, backstage McGregor was like practicing that left hook and everything or whatever. And I was like, so what, man? You know, the guy ran straight in, you know? And, and it's like, I, I am so tired of people fucking making excuses. It's like, I'm not making excuses for anybody. I'm just calling. I'm like, hey, he beat Eric, he beat Dennis Seaver fair and square, man. Great. You know? Somehow that got him a title shot. I don't know how that happened, but he beat him fair and square. Can't take it away from him, right? But when some dude runs right into your fucking punch, I'm just calling it like I see it, man. I'm not making any excuses. I'm just saying I'd really like to see how Aldo fares against McGregor in a fight where the whole world isn't fucking against him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was almost, you know, you could argue that it could have been Aldo that won that fight because they both threw hooks at each other that both connected, but McGregor's connected first. Yeah. But McGregor still got hit, and he still had a little well under his eye from that left hook that Aldo caught him with. Sure. So if Aldo had been a millisecond faster, maybe McGregor would have went down. Yeah. It's not, that's not, you know, he knocked him out, sure, but... I feel like there's that doesn't tell the whole story. There's a lot more to be told. I totally agree with that. So thankfully this weekend, we'll whatever happens, we'll move beyond it, and uh, apparently we'll get to see McGregor versus Aldo too. I hope. I definitely want to see that fight for sure. You know, and just hopefully it happens. You know. So um. Anyway, I guess that's the whole card, man. We got it all uh, nailed. and uh, For sure. You know, a couple days away. And uh, Hey, by the way, did you happen to see um, Bruce Leroy fight Yair, Yair Rodriguez? Did you see that fight? I watched the highlights. It was actually a really good fight, man. It was very entertaining, you know. And Oh, boy, yeah, it looked entertaining. Dude, Alex Caceres, I wouldn't... I mean, he's had his ups and downs, but that dude... I can see him inching his way up into the division, you know? Yari Rodriguez, though, my thing is, like, I love watching that fight. I love watching all those, like, traditional martial arts, like Taekwondo. Um, I love watching those techniques being used in a practical manner like that, and I get excited when I see those things. But um, if, like, Rodriguez, like, similar to the way Raymond Daniels was defeated by Nikki Holskin in glory... I think if, like, Yair Rodriguez faced a guy who had, who fought him on the inside, who just had, like, very good, like, boxing techniques, like, boxing fundamentals, like, kickboxing fundamentals, and just, like, had a high guard, utilized leg kicks, and was able to back him into a corner, clinch with him, I think that that's the key to, like, beating a guy like Yair Rodriguez, you know? Unless he, you know, he's a young dude. I think the guy's, like, like 23 or something like that. He's a fairly young guy. Yeah, he's super young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he, like, calms down a little bit and just, you know, I mean, he's he's doing great, so what the fuck do I know? You know what I'm saying? But, like, when he starts getting up into the higher echelons of that division, I believe that he might find some trouble with some of these guys, you know? Oh, for sure. You know, all these, like, spinning, jumping techniques, you know, are great. But if you, if that's what you rely on, you 
can see those those kicks coming. You can tell they they get telegraphed. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. switching between a boxing stance and like a, a traditional martial arts um, like stance, because you throw those techniques for more like a sideways stance as opposed to like a, a traditional you know foot parallel like shoulders like boxing type of stance. You know? But uh, but yeah, it was a fun fight. Man. I enjoyed that one. I kind of like those like FS1 fights that are like, you know, like not the biggest name is the headliner and there's like a bunch of dudes you don't really know who they are. You might have heard of them, but it's like a really cool way to like learn about sort of guys who are like in the kind of on on the rise a little bit, you know? Yeah. I wish there was a different name for it, you know, kind of like the old school fight nights or something yeah. you know the people understood or like strike force challenge series you know yeah well anyway my brother thanks uh once again for uh you know carving out some time in your evening and uh, oh yeah man it's always a pleasure yeah dude so it should be uh should be a fun a fun weekend of fights man yeah for sure and i'll see you on friday I mean, i'll see you on friday take care now yep you too peace man